0: I'm Haley Oaks and this is Milk Trails A journey in the out-of-hospital birth experience Well, as I prepare to welcome my second child into this world This episode feels especially appropriate and a good one to temporarily sign off with Renee Morrison, a mother to two beautiful children Earthside, entrepreneur, and creator, shares her birthing stories, one at a birth center and one at home. And get ready for a rich and inspiring two-hour journey as we speak about birthing life, loss, grief, and gratitude, and how all of it has informed the personal work Renee does within herself, and thus the way she mothers and nurtures her children and family. I am so honored to have you here on the show. Um, Renee is the mother to four-year-old Revel Mm -hmm. and four-month-old Phoenix, who (gasps) I had the pleasure of supporting both on the day they arrived Earthside. So this episode is going to be a little special in that we may hear both birth stories, which are very different.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And already is a reflection of who they are as human beings or what I know of and getting to know of them already, you know, that's, what's wild.
0: That's so, I I always love to wonder, you know, if their birth stories are telling of the kind of people that they are and become, you know,
1: I can tell you at least for me, they already are like, so obviously. Yeah. with Little revel and how he came out like Mr. Little super revel, little superhero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then Phoenix was like, I'm just going to take my time and just be like totally chill and allow Mama to have her time. And Oh my gosh,
0: delicious. And that's like, you know, that's the beauty of birth is that of course, it's your body and your birthing, but also it's, it's their birth, you know, it's your yes. birth experience, but it's their birth. So of course their personalities are going to show up, you know, in their entry into the world. And so, so much of it is obviously personal, but, um, But yeah, that's so neat. If you kind of pay attention, their rite of passage. I mean, literally, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like
1: their introduction. They're like, and here I am like spirit fingers. You know what I mean? That was rebel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (sighs) So granted rebels force. We met a little more than four years ago at the birth center where I worked at the time and where rebels born. Um, and you sought out care relatively later on in your pregnancy, if I remember. How many weeks were you? I was about 35 weeks. I was 34 weeks, and
1: I was in Nashville visiting friends. And right before I went on that um, that trip, I went and did a hospital tour with my OB that I was working with the whole time. And from the very beginning, I, was, I told him, I want to have a home birth, but... I also am, you know, aware of this is my first birth and just like I love I love having um, that both sides, you know, of, of that education, just like being able to have the OB aspect of the guidance of a pregnancy. And then also my husband's father is a midwife as well as his stepmom, and they had the conversation with me um, and just pretty much... I mean, not begged, but yeah, it was just like, please go to a hospital. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to fight it. And then I did the hospital tour and I left like, I think the next day on, um, on my trip and I I cried, I bawled my eyes out when I left there. And, um, it was just, I'm very in touch with my body and my intuition. And I, the, my, my body was tingling the entire time Mm -hmm. that I was in there and just, um, being able to have a little conversation with the the nurses who are usually just flooded. And they're like, their, their shifts are like, boom, 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 boom. And there was happened to be a moment where I went in there and they had silence and space. And so I got to just communicate with them a bit. And, and I, yeah, just, and some questions that I was asking my OB and it just no, did not feel authentic or genuine to me and my birthing journey. And, um, so I left there and I told my husband, I was like, I'm not, that's, that's not it. And so I had, I was taking, um, a birth, a 10 week birth class and, um, she told me about Delmar birth center. And so I called when I was on my trip and I said, please, I'm like, I'm ready. Like sign me up. When do I begin? I filled up all the paperwork, like sent it in. And I, I had an appointment right when I got back and I was about 35 weeks. Wow. And had him at 38 and a half weeks. So wow. with you and I even got to take one of your classes. I like got right in. I took the courses that Del Mar had to offer and it was just, it was a glorious experience because it was um, a middle ground to the hospital experience uh, and, the, and the home birth. And I mean, Rebel was almost born at home. So the second and one I was like I knew that. it. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I want to back up a little bit when you said that intuitively you wanted a home birth, what had you known about giving to birth prior to that pregnancy or had you discovered um, options of birth when you were pregnant with Revel?
1: So my sister, she I she was 19 and I was 15 when my my nephew was born and we lived we shared a bedroom. And uh she went into labor while I was trying to sleep, you know, getting ready to go to school the next day. And uh if we laugh about it all the time, her water broke and I was like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? Like <laughs> 15-year-old Renee. <What? laughs> oh. And um yeah, so and then she ended up having an emergency C section. And then she had four kids, all of which were C sections. And then I ended up before I even started my birthing class, um, I met a dear friend, and she is she's you know an, an older woman who had twins, and one of them ended up becoming my nanny, oh. and we just became really good friends. And she she was the one who like started asking me questions, and she knows me. Um, And just started saying, like, talking to me about she ended up having a hospital birth, but because when it was, you know, when she had her twins, that wasn't necessarily really being done or championed or encouraged as home births. But she strongly encouraged me to think about home birthing. And that's when I I called a friend who had done it and I had an interview with her midwife. And uh, then then uh, during my my class, my ten week class, that's kind of when I got the whole broad spectrum yeah. of knowledge and just information and and uh, encouragement to actually um, sit into my decision making about what I wanted and not mm-hmm. just what is you know just out there being done without mm-hmm. people questioning or even being uh, yeah even my 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 my. OB. Mm-hmm. He was trained by midwives, but he did not encourage it. I mean, he really spoke against it, actually. Yeah. And that, and because I am such a sh- like opinionated, confident, devout in my own being and my perspective and my wishes and desires, um, I spoke, I, I had those conversations with him and then I left. When I did not hear him supporting me mm-hmm. and also saying like, okay, I understand that you want that, but
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is what's going to happen. And I was like, "Oh," okay. yeah. <laughs> but I ended up working with him again on my second birth and uh, he knew from the beginning that I was going to have a home birth. And just, he got to know me even more. And ultimately he became a really big champion of mine and mm-hmm. um, a supporter of, of my decision to have a home birth.
0: And such a gift to him to have such normal feedback after and, and normal outcome after a home birth, you know, and to be like that, it that it works and that it can, you can have a good outcome. You know, it doesn't have to be this scary, you know, event that, you know, that there's trained professionals there, et cetera. Yeah. But, um, and I think it's so interesting that that Matt's parents or father and stepmother who are midwives, people would think like, oh, but they clearly were working in a clinical setting in which that's what they were exposed to. And so yeah,
1: they work um, for Kaiser
0: and okay. they work with a lot of um,
1: underserved communities and women who are very young, very malnourished um, and don't have, you know, good support at home and um a a strong uh just intuition and just sense of who they are and what they want and they just you know it's it's intense mm-hmm. and so they they see a lot of that and they were just telling me their perspective and and I respected it and at first I was like okay yeah I'll work with you I'm not I'm not stubborn I'm like sure I and but once I had that that when I was going forward, moving forward with all of these options, I was like, Oh no, I know which one's for me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I'm so proud of myself for actually, um, just honoring who, what, what I know to be right for me. Um, and I know that can be difficult and a decision, you know, to go against what, you know, the, the other, the grandparents or, Uh, your OB, or, you know, there's a lot that women are having to, to kind of confront in a situation that is completely all of her own and this child. And when you can sit with yourself and your child and just kind of like, ah, that's, that begins this connection, this spiritual connection between the two of you. And where you have those conversations about like, Hey, you're safe. I'm safe. I know, like, let me know what it is that you want also. And then you just have this really magical kind of cosmic introduction already, like pre, pre this, which I am Mm -hmm. holding my hands, like Mm -hmm. I'm holding a baby and oh God. Yeah.
0: And it's so, I mean, and that speaks to so many things happening in life right now, you know, like going against Potentially, the the narrative that is the dominant one, the mainstream yep. one, and feeling like what's best for you and your family, and and it can feel really counterintuitive to kind of turn off a lot of that messaging, and counterintuitive to a lot of other people to turn off that messaging that's kind of sending all the things of like this is why like you shouldn't have a home birth, and this is why you shouldn't have an out of hospital birth, but in fact, like that's just distracting what your body's intuition and babies, you know, are, are trying to tell you. And, yeah. and, um, it's so, it's so amazing that you were able to really kind of sit in that and sit in that discomfort of like also the potential of, yeah, they're being, you know, this is your partner's parents, you know? And so that can cause some tension as well of like, what's that dynamic like, you know, and, yeah. Kind of, um, yeah, gracefully move through that is really is so inspiring you know Mm. and really really hard especially when there's a grandchild involved or a baby involved you know you you all of a sudden get deemed as like selfish you know for Mm. wanting something that so it's really and how how was Matt with the idea of an out-of-hospital birth the first time Mm.
1: Well, first I want to just go to um his parents and or his mom and, and stepmom or his dad and stepmom and I just want to really um just uh, send love and gratitude to them because they did not come to me and try to change my mind. They said their peace and and so they also just held me with love and and um just acceptance and they, we never even talked about it. So it never became a thing. And that's something that I really appreciate with them. And, um, you know, I, I know that that I'm very fortunate to also have that because there are some that some other, you know, in-laws or even parents that have a much more kind of aggressive reaction to that. And so I want to say thank you to them. And then with my husband, Um, he just, he flowed with me, you know, he had questions and he asked them and, um, but he also, this goes to show just like how, how he is in every aspect of our relationship and just supporting me. Um, but he, he knew when I knew, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, Mm -hmm. that was
0: awesome. That's amazing. Um, so you know, as you've, as you've mentioned a couple times, you know, this kind of strong sense of, you know, intuition and, and confidence and in, in kind of who you are and what you know. And, and that was so clear from day one, when I met you, you know, and that's because sometimes a late transfer to an out of hospital practice, there can be, um, you know, there can be a higher risk of transfer simply because we just, there's just not a lot of chemistry and that person doesn't have a lot of preparation and, or a sense of like knowingness that, that they can, that they can do this, you know? And so, and so, you know, you just exuded this sense of, of presence and, and like, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, that you also, it felt like you had lived a million lives before and I had no, doubts in my mind that you would do just fine but um (laughs) which is so incredible and where do you feel like that has come from you know this sense of like connection to self
1: that has been a, a practice and especially especially since getting pregnant with rebel like that's when my whole world just expanded contracted went into like a whole new uh, genre of neutral, you know what I mean? And just being and existing and standing up for myself and not being a people pleaser and not overextending myself, but continuing to want to serve the world and my family and my loved ones. But I always had to be a, a parent to my parents and to their, my, my siblings and then to their children. And mm-hmm. so um, that has definitely been a beautiful practice that I continue and will never stop. Um, But I just remember knowing, and this is why I I was pregnant with two of my friends. And um, we knew that me and another one knew immediately that we wanted to take a class because for me, I want to educate, 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 grab all of the information and whatever sticks. Like I'm always questioning everything. And I obviously don't know everything, nor do I want to. And I don't know what's out there. And so I wanted to go and see all my choices. And um, I just, there were some really amazing things that I just knew right away. And then I also read books, Ina May, uh, and just her books of, of just storytelling. And these magical, brave, just incredibly vulnerable and open raw women sharing their stories uh, for women like me to be able to like, ah, just, I would be in bed by myself because Maddie was filming in China for a lot of my pregnancy, especially my third trimester. And, um, I just remember being in bed and that's all I had to do was to learn and, and be curious and to question and to to visualize and to dream and to just kind of go in and be like, "Oh, look at all these different scenarios and just feel which one felt good for me. Mm-hmm. You know, And so that's what I got to do a lot. And that's kind of what guides my um, my knowing. you mm-hmm. know, it's just by questioning it and seeing what's out there and actually putting myself in those situations. And for this one, the book, um, that you suggested, give me her name. Um, Britta. I work
0: with her, uh, Britta Bushnell. Britta, Britta. Yes. yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Gosh, she brought me to tears with one of her chapters on, mm-hmm. um, just really putting yourself in the perspective of, um, having a, you know, wanting a home birth, but then, the what if you yeah. actually do get sent to the hospital and it's like i i faced that i confronted it and i was like okay this is i i put myself in that passage as she mm-hmm. was telling the story and i just started crying and I, she was going in like with details of like, this is what will happen when you show up to the hospital and you and your partner will be separated for a moment. And then the next time he'll see you, it gets me choked up. And I just like feel for all of these women who, 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 have no idea what's happening Mm -hmm. and they're not prepared and then you get whisked away like one of my best friends like she had a nightmare of an experience with an emergency c-section and Mm -hmm. like they gave her too much of an epidural and Mm -hmm. she like almost died and just like have her how she's and I'm holding her through the healing aspect of that and the process of of this Glorious transformational experience as a woman, like our right rite of passage, our birth into the world mm-hmm. as a parent, and and then you have to deal with that, and basically bullying by by the system, and then being like ha- like your experience is just taken from you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it and then we're left to deal with that on top of deal with hormones, on top of dealing with a new human. And just the ride, you know, that comes after yep. that and trying to find your flow and your rhythm as, as uh, and now, like we're completely, we're, I feel like we're cloned in a way with like, and then our organs and our heart and our soul is now in this human that we're completely responsible for. And you're just like, oh, already, Like now what, you know, and most mm-hmm. of us aren't given the tools to begin with to even know how to how to live our own authentic life with like full radical self expression and love and self mastery and, and resilience and all of these things. And now we are responsible for raising a human being Mm -hmm. and with another, another human who's, who has no idea what you're going through. They can't possibly because Mm -hmm. they didn't have the child and if you're with a, a male, then it's like a whole other system <laughs> that you know you're working with, and then just try to like maintain that beauty and that relationship while like doing all the things, and I'm just like, wow, I'm in awe, I'm in reverence, like I'm com- in complete awe of women and um, just and and of mothers. Um, yeah, it just they they blow me away, and I have this this respect and this um, I, I will never feel alone just in the fact that I know there are other women who are experiencing what I'm going through at any given moment. And I just feel like I'm just like <sighs> sending out this energy of like holding every one of us and just loving us and championing us. And and that allows me to, to then like turn that in on myself mm. and to be like, wow, you're doing it, mama. Like you've got this, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, why do you feel guilty today? Why do you feel like you're not like, you're not just doing enough and then just getting clear on those things and then being like, all right, well, you're doing your best. And that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. Yeah.
0: It's truly a collective experience. And, you know, it was never, ever meant to be motherhood and parenthood were never meant to be something done in isolation. And that's so clear with, you know, we say like get create your tribe or your village. You know, it's like to to recreate what it is to be held by others and to, yeah, not not make it feel like your experience is unique to you. And not to undermine it, but to make it feel like, oh, this is part of it. I mean, clearly there are aspects that can be much more than, than the sort of normal path, like, like the birth you just explained. And it's just like, oh my gosh, to, to undo all that and then be yes, yeah, sent on the path of parenthood is so much, but it's like, yeah, at any given moment, you know, you're, you're going through it with so mm-hmm. many other people and that should bring it a remi- you know, a reminder of like, It's it's a collective experience, you know? Yes. And and to write it out together and it's so reassuring and less isolating when so much of the experience can feel like those things, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So after this class, you took a Tell Me class and all the books that you read and the stories and what were you left with going into birth with Revel? Like, you know, it's the it's the great unknowns of that first labor and birth that can cause mm-hmm. fears and a lot of anxieties of either it's a specific thing or just in general for expectant parents, for even non-expectant parents, just even the thought of childbirth is what was this anticipation like for you? And if anything, what specifically came up for you in, you know, in sitting with the unknowns?
1: Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to me, which is, is really it's ironic, funny. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) I had rev at 38 and a half weeks. I don't know why I thought I had so much more time. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to, like the shock that hit me when I actually went into labor and I was, I was in the bathtub and I was like, Oh no, this isn't the time. Like I was in denial and I was actually talking to my child. I was talking to Rebel, and I was like, "Oh, you're so safe in there." And it's like, "Oh yeah, you want to? You're cozy. This is where, like, I want you to just grow a little bit more." And like, it's not, it's not time. And like, he kept just saying, "It's time." And five, you know, five hours of labor, he flies out of down my birth canal, and I'm just like, oh, <laughs> "What?" And I'm on the phone with you, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, like, you know, take it, just." try to rest. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm, and even just in the midst of being in the the tub and I had a picture of my mom and me when I was a baby and like she was with me, I lit candles. So like my environment, but I thought this was going to be a, a while and Maddie was sleeping. Um, so I think what's interesting is that I, I, we had barely got the car seat and stroller out of the box the night I went into labor and hadn't even put the car seat in yet. Like I had just, you know, packed the bag, you know, the the little birthing bag that I had and I had made all the plans. And so I remember like running down the stairs after we get off the phone with you and I'm like, grab the camera don't forget that bag. And I'm like holding my son's head in like his his head is coming out of my vagina. I'm like walking down the stairs and like you, you were a part of that, um, that mission, that, that confidence that like, no, I'm not going to have the baby here because you couldn't get to me in time. You had to stop to get your tools first. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, this is, I'm not going to, this isn't happening. So I was like, no, I got this. I'm going to make it. Um, But, I don't want to get too far into the story without going. And if we're going to talk about that a little bit in more in detail, but, um, just, I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was going to be. Um, and I actually honestly loved that at the same Mm. time because I wasn't in my head. I was so surrendered that I was, I was just living, and I was just happy that my husband was finally home. He got home mm-hmm. two weeks before Rebel was born. And he, been, two weeks from China, from being out of the country. So at least he was in the same country. And then he had to go to D- Texas. And then he got back a couple days before I had him. And then the day, the night I had him, he was supposed to be on a plane to New York City. So that's also kind of the mentality we were in of, like, I Maddie doesn't book anything unless I say, like, he doesn't do anything without me, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, I must have at one point told him, yeah, book that. that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to be having him for, a, mm-hmm. for another couple of weeks. Um, so we learned a lot from that <laughs> and going into our second <laughs> birth. Um, mm. But it just... it it was awesome and it was completely free and it was radical and wild. And, and then finding my calm through all of that. Oh, which is so me and revel, me and revel are both Libras and I was a very energetic, um, productive hustler Libra uh, before I got pregnant with him Mm -hmm. where my mind was always going. And my husband he would be able, like, I would, we'd have conversations and I, or we'd be in silence and I just like would ask him like, Hey, what do you think him? Where are you right now? Mm-hmm. And he's like, nowhere. Like I'm just quiet. And I was like, huh, yeah. wait, your mind can actually stop thinking and working and doing and planning and organizing and wishing and that. And so that's when I got into meditation was when I got pregnant with rebel completely transformed me as a human, the way that I heal from trauma and my life and the way I have settled into my story Mm. and use it to fuel everything I do, use it to uh, just soar and, and fly through all of the things that I have been through that I will continue to go through and um, and just transmuting all of these things, like all of these feelings and, and experiences we have that are completely out of our control. Mm-hmm. And that goes along with birth, you know? And mm-hmm. so being able to find that calm in this, like, <gasps> what's happening now, he's coming out, wait, this isn't a part of the plan or any stories that I have read or heard in class. And, and I just remember trying to call you and nobody was answering because I think right at that moment, she was probably using the restroom, (laughs) the night nurse, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then, so, and then, and I just remember like staying so in my zone and was like, in awe of what my body was experiencing and feeling and uh, pushing and like the way i sounded i was a witness to it all and and my husband was like just holding it together and then he would be like baby they're still not answering what would you like to do and then he called and i'm like call your dad and then he called his dad and he she was just like can I hear her? And I'm like, uh, like on the toilet. And I was like, this is not where I should be. This is gravity. Get me back in bed. And then, oh my gosh, it was just wild. But the fact that I was able to put myself through a, a practice, um, and that was just the beginning. And so what I have, um, what I have done with my practice of meditation and coming into myself and, being able to listen to my intuition, being able to listen to my authentic voice that's aligned with me and my purpose Mm. and my reason and my desires. Um, All of that has been one great practice and and Revel was the catalyst to really, really just grounding into my power Mm. as a human, as a woman, as a mama. And he still does that. Like, wow, my greatest mirror, my greatest champion my, my divine little human that somehow I've helped create and get to guide and get to learn from and get to navigate this world with, I'm just like, whew, it's, it's
0: cool. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes in prepping for birth, you know, birth workers will ask expectant parents, like, was there a time in your life in which, you know, you, you, endured something that was really hard and that you got through it you know what was that event for you in order to kind of hold on to that memory and kind of go back to that place when you're in the thick of labor and you're kind of at that place of like can I do this what do you feel like I mean it sounds like meditation in was a a massive tool in the pregnancy and do you feel like there were events in your personal life or things that happened that you you know move through in order to cope with like the, the hard sp- the, the those hard un- unpredictable points of mm. of your labor and birth and or even you know postpartum journey too
1: there is one very clear moment that always resonates with me when um i think about that moment of like question and like mm. holy shit this is real hold on hold on and I remember getting, so I, I, I made it to the birth center. You, I, we opened the door. You were ready to go. And I was like, I am, nope, not having this baby in the car. I made it here. Get me into the bed. And so we waited like till that rush was over. We like got me into bed. And I just remember like settling into this relief of like, oh, okay, I've made it. I'm safe. Like, and then it was like, and now what? Okay, hold on. You still have to get this child out of you. And for about, oh God, it seemed like forever, but it had to have at least been 30 minutes minimum that I was holding this child in, that I was going against my body, against these, oh my gosh, these raw primal urges to push. Like my body was pushing this child out, re- whether I wanted it to do so or not. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being in the bed and I had a contraction, and you said, the next one, you can go ahead and push into it. Just like lean into it, and and I said, huh? Like I just remember, I don't know what I said because inside I went into that's like one of those like warps, like kind of moments in time where everything stops, and it, I was just like, wait, I couldn't really understand the concept of pushing into these urges and this this feeling, and I was like that sounds like me trying to lasso the sun. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like for a moment, that sounded impossible. Mm. And I just remember like literally saying, Renee, you have got this. You can do this. And I just kept saying that. You can do this. You can do this. And just fucking championing myself because it came down to me. Like I could have started crying. I could have lost it. I could have looked to my husband. I could, but you, none of, none of you were experiencing what I was experiencing. So there was no going outside of myself to find help about like, what is going to, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. And I knew that. And, And it was like a split second of knowing that and understanding, okay, so what next, what now? And I just knew like, there's no fucking turning back. Like you've got this. Okay? So what one foot in front of the other. And what are you going to do now? Right now you're not in a contraction. So just rest
0: mm-hmm. and just be
1: in this space of relief and just like preparation because when that and 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 it was it was such a beautiful wave and for me I'm so visual. So you can like sense that, you know, when the ocean kind of goes back and you can see that the wave, even before it starts, is about to just come back and rush into you. That's how, that's how contractions feel to me. And so where it's like, okay, another one's coming on. And I just even watched my birth video with Phoenix. And I actually said that out loud. I'm like, okay, another one's coming. And it's like, Maddie's in my corner. You're in my corner. My sister, it was just like, okay, pumping me up, getting ready to like, send me back into the ring, you know? And so I just remember pushing into it with Revel, And it was, it was like birthing the sun. I remember it was hot. It was fire. It was massive. It was universal. It was, it was what I was made for was what I was created to do and the understanding. And that's why I knew that I did not going in. I knew for, I mean, the entire time I was not going to want an epidural, even if I was in a hospital, it was like, not my, not my choice because I wanted to experience what I was made to do and Mm -hmm. to feel. Mm -hmm. And, and if I, and I knew that if this was something that I could accomplish, if this was something that I can champion myself through and like just, See myself through to the end of this, then I what what can I not do? And that is how I treat myself, my mind, my heart, my body, because I was like, wow, look what
2: you did, mm. look
1: what you got through, and so that's that's my my practice and my way. And now going back to your question of what in my life I have endured to be able to like come to that moment of championing myself the way that I do. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. And that goes from, you know, being molested as a child by my stepfather. That goes to being taken away from my mom with all four of my siblings like with all three of my siblings and put into foster care. That goes to making the decision to leave my family all that I ever knew and and go to Hawaii to live with a man, my father, who I, you know, rarely saw he lives in Hawaii. You know what I mean? And and dealing with, you know, my mom having an accidental overdose and going mm-hmm. through addiction of opiates for many, many years. And then my brothers committing suicide and going through three miscarriages. And so yeah, each one of those. I have I, I got to have a lot of practice of saying, Renee, you fucking got
2: this. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and no matter what life brings, I know that I know how I show up for myself in those moments. But what is necessary is to show up for myself in all of the other moments when those aren't happening so that mm-hmm. I'm like solid when I need that, you know, that ringmaster, the, the, the massages and be like, you got this. come on, baby, come on, don't give up now. Mm-hmm. We all need to to build that within ourselves, within our minds and, um, and stop seeking it externally because yeah, we'll always be around people that will, that will give us encouragement and compliments and acknowledgement, but we need to be able to give that to ourselves first and foremost. And, and most of all, you know? And, um, so yeah, that's, that's where I get that.
0: That's amazing. And there's so much there. And i I love that you said it really has to come down to you because it's so true and I think especially for people choosing out of hospital birth they they really try to curate the best team thinking that that's going to be the thing that gets them their birth when it's mm-hmm. like you could have the most amazing you know, team there of midwives and doulas and chiropractors and massage therapists and partners all in one room, but it comes down to like you said, it comes down to you. And we can't get this baby out. It's you. And and therefore if there's not an innate sense of like of inner strength and confidence and knowing, there can naturally, because there needs to if, if 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 there's an outcome that's not desired, there can be a blame. Yep. Uh, you know, to external factors that it was this, that it was this reason. It was this reason this, and instead of, you know, because it has to go somewhere when you're like, like we mentioned, like you're trying to take care of a baby and heal from trauma just to place it somewhere else is just easier, you know, but yeah, but you know, it's, it's so often I find people who have experienced loss in their life prior to pregnancy and birth do, very well with birth Hmm. is they're either ends of the spectrum, but they're almost so separate that they almost touch again in like a full circle, you know, way and and of just that, like, yeah, like you said, the pumping up, but also the surrendering of like, and it's so, um, and not to say that like you need to experience, grief to, to, um, or loss in order to give life, but it definitely subconsciously, I feel like comes into play and it's so, um, incredible, but also you personally, I think move through, through have moved through such, you know, loss and grief with also so much like gratitude and joy on the other Mm -hmm. side. That's really, truly unique and truly special and, and, um, and so inspiring that like you can hold both at the same time hmm. all the time, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to, to cry because you're feeling sad and to cry because you're feeling so overjoyed in the moment, whatever it's, you know, bringing up, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you brought that up because I think it's a really important, I mean, if the the inner sense of like, strength and confidence and um cause absolutely reason to your this is a huge huge moment um as a person and as a woman to to see and it can set the tone you know from that point on of like when you are struggling with early parenthood challenges of like re- reflecting back on what you just did you know mm. and like you did that so you can you can handle this like right bout of no sleep and poop everywhere, or whatever it may be, you know, yeah. that's triggering you. And so it is a, um, it can be, it can be something that really, you know, as a, as a, as a jump off point, if it's a positive experience. So absolutely. And, and
1: why I say like, this is, this is a practice because this, some women might be hearing this and this sounds like a world away. This sounds mm-hmm. like another lifetime that they'd be able to accomplish any of this, but that's not true. You know, we just need to be, we need to, we need to learn. We need to be also given a display or an example of what it looks like, what our options are. And we need to practice. We need to decide who it is. We don't discover our birthing journey. We -hmm. don't discover who we are and things that we want and desire. We have to make a plan first of what that looks like. And then we practice these things. We live our lives and that helps. That's why we date, you know, so we can understand ourselves more and what we want and what we will not, you know, okay behavior, not okay Mm -hmm. behavior. And we learn and grow from that. And that's how we call in our, our partners. That's how we call in our tribe who are going to support us through all of these experiences and, and who aren't going to, try to change our mind when we make a decision, but who are going to know who we are and we're aligned because we're also creating who, what level of frequency, what, like what, what, what what things are resonating with the people that we're ending up calling in as our Mm
2: -hmm. tribe. Mm -hmm.
1: And that just, I just want to make sure that women know to the depths of them, them, that if something sounds good if something sounds like wait i like that idea that sounds like something i would want Mm -hmm. do it practice it change your mindset start to change your behavior because confidence is learned confidence is practiced you know and and That helps us create the life that we want to live, that helps us create the partnerships that we have and relationships that we're enjoying, that Mm -hmm. helps us create the the type of birthing journey we have, and ultimately the parent we want to be. And then when I do things, you know, I I apologize to Rebel all the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'm just like, whew. Mama wasn't really sure how I wanted to handle that situation. And so I'm feeling like, oh, when you do this, that makes me feel really stormy. And I totally understand. So how are we going to work that out? And you know what? I'm so sorry I reacted that way. Mama Mm -hmm. does not want to react that way. And oh, that is not something that I want to do or something that I, how I want to behave. And he understands and he's already practicing the, the, the action of forgiveness you know, with his mama mm-hmm. and I make sure I use those words in that language. Like, do you forgive me? Mm-hmm. And like, Oh, like I just, you know, I want you to hold me accountable. Like I want, and and to have these humans that I love so desperately, it's like who, who, what better human to hold you more accountable for who you are going to be in in the quietest Most intimate places of your Mm -hmm. life—the places that you can't hide. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody else. However, we display ourselves in the world on social media, or however Mm -hmm. we act when we're in—you know—a two-hour hang with our buddies. It's like when you're home. That's 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 your most integral self. And who is that? That's that's who truly matters. That's where the magic. Um, just kind of blossoms. And so who you are to your children and how you are to your children, that's, that's, that's who you are to the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No matter Mm -hmm. how much you try to hide the other
0: stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And showing up for yourself is showing up for them.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So it's, um, I have date nights every Wednesday, Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) non-negotiable. Like my time with my husband is a non-negotiable. My time with myself is a non-negotiable. I have like, we are so big creators. We're creating a few projects right now. Mm. And so we have to layer, everything's layered on. But when I am not fulfilled, then I am not fulfilled in my time, my quality time that I'm spending with my children. And if that's not okay, nothing else is okay. So whenever I start to feel stressed or like, you know, I start to get a little um, less patient, that's when I'm like, okay, everything halts. And we all know know how to halt now, don't we? Mm-hmm. Right, this pandemic, mm-hmm. nobody can say they don't know how to halt their lives because that's <laughs> just like nature and the universe giving us all that crash yeah. course. And so I halt everything and I just play and I sit with my children and I sit in silence and I play music and we dance and I just get out of my ma- mind and he invites me into his and his world. And we imagine, and after a, a, even an hour of being in that space, Oh, I feel like a new human mm-hmm. where then I can then start to expand and, and go back out into whatever it is that I have to do with mm-hmm. more in- intention and more quality, you know,
0: totally. And I want to talk about postpartum and what you had in place for rebel, but I also wanted to kind of go back and, and um, kind of fill in the gaps of, of Rev's birth story. Mm-hmm. Um, so to kind of go back of you were 38 weeks and five days. Yep. And you were in the bath and it was at yep. night and that's when you started. And the first set of signs of labor were the surges. Yes. Yeah, so I had a massage
2: Mm.
1: And I actually, so I have a lot of Braxton Hicks for both babies. I had a lot of Braxton Hicks starting in my 20 weeks Mm -hmm. and um, just got really intense towards the end, but never any pain. And so during this massage, all of a sudden I start feeling painful surges, painful Braxton Hicks, painful Mm -hmm. contractions. and me and my, my masseuse at the time, he was my healer and became a really good friend of mine. And so we were just like working together. And I was like, as his hands were on my body, like I was sending that pain to his hand. And like, he was sweating and I was moaning and like, it was awesome. And it was just the beginning. It was, it was beautiful. And right after that, Maddie got on the table and I went right into the bath. And that's when I went into denial and um, trying to um, persuade my my son to stay inside. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, then they ended up going away. They pretty much stopped. And then Maddie and I, we were up and it was, it was late because I was like, oh my God, what is happening? So at midnight is when I noticed they started coming back and they started coming back very consistently um with all within there was like 3 minutes apart to the second one and then there was 5 minutes and then it would go to 2 minutes and then it would be 7 minutes and then it went back to 3 and then to 5 and then 4 and then 5 and so I was like okay hmm this is interesting and they're they're intense i mean my body was shaking immediately mm-hmm. like i had like that those chills and so i got into bed and i'm like mm, okay and then i called you I called my sister who was driving in from Fresno, which is about three and a half hours. She missed the birth. So that's just how fast it went. Mm -hmm. So you told me to um, relax, to call you in the morning, you know, and get in the bath again. And I remember like saying, I already did that. (laughs) Is there anything else? What what, like, okay, so you're saying I'm going to be going, and you were like, try to sleep. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to sleep. And which I totally understand like what you mean. It's like, just lay down and just rest Mm -hmm. because even with this last one, like I just laid there and I meditated and I rested my body and I rested my eyes. And I just like, I lost the concept of time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so that's where I think when people are like, just try to rest or take a nap if you can. Mm -hmm. And for the women who are like, really, really, (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, don't tell me to like to sleep through this because that's not going to happen. Uh, but um, And then, so Maddie was sleeping because, of course, there's going to be probably a long night. That's what I was expecting. And mm-hmm. so I wanted him to be able to rest. And so I just had this beautiful, I don't even know. I, again, I lost the concept of time in the tub. and But what I noticed is I started getting really hot. Mm and my they were coming very consistently and and i just remember like riding those waves and i would count like when i felt the 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 surge or when i saw that wave start to happen as soon as i started feeling pain i would start to count backwards from 30 and and it was it, that was such a wonderful distraction it was a game mm. and um and also i'm also competitive and there wasn't like a competitive nature, like, oh yeah. like. But there was just this beautiful surrender into like, I've got this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so then I was getting hot and I was like, okay, I'm going to just switch up my environment. So as soon as I got up, but now every movement that I made would cause another surge. Mm -hmm. And then I noticed my mucus plug came out and for me, I'm I love to document everything, and so I went to the other room and I grabbed my phone, and I took a picture of my mucus plug, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm gonna put one, that one in the books, you know. <laughs> and I just remember getting into bed, and it could have been different, but this is what I remember. I had two more surges once I got into bed. And I remember these ones were where I'm I'm very vocal, um, but these started to be a whole other sound where there was this vibration like that was reverberating in my entire body. And I didn't sound like myself anymore. Mm. I had two of those woke that those woke Maddie up. And I was still thinking like, Oh, it's just the middle of the night. This is just still like the beginning. You know what I mean? And And then all of a sudden, my body started to kind of, like, convulse a little bit. And I was like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? And then my body started pushing on its own. I didn't even – that was something that was so unfamiliar. I was so confused because I was just like, this is – I don't know what's happening. And then I felt him actually, like – like just descend. And it felt like a mile of dissension from where he was sitting
2: Mm -hmm. to
1: going down my birth canal. And now my body's pushing and just trying to grasp everything that's happening in a millisecond. And then like trying to like conceptualize it, and then like transfer it to the logical part of my brain. And then to be able to like tell Maddie what is happening, but I'm also like, what? And he's, he's like pacing back and forth. He's like, what, what, wait. And he was like, no way. Like what? Like confused. Like, are, are you cured? Are you serious right now? And I'm like, he's coming out. He's like, I feel him on my hand. And so I felt like I was going to explode all over the bed. And so I was like, this sounds like a good idea, baby, get me to the toilet, because I thought I was gonna shit all over the bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And so I get onto the toilet. And of course, that just starts to be a little bit more for me to work against. Mm. And so he's calling you or yes, the birth center and then calling his mom and or his stepmom and dad. And, um, and then when when they heard me. They said, You need to get to the hospital now. And so he hung up the phone and he said, Baby, they think you should go to the hospital. What do you want to do? And I did not even open my eyes. I was like totally just in my body of like one mission, and that was to keep this child inside somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that was like quite a feat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, I I said call one more time. He called and she answered, and she said, "Let me let me let me just hear let me hear her let me hear Renee." And another one comes on, and I'm like, Ugh. and she's like, "Hold please." <laughs> and so she calls you, and you with this goddess voice, this divine calm and confidence, and just like you come on, and you're just asking me questions, and even with the sound where everybody's like hold please, or get to the hospital now, you were just like, okay, so I'm going to, you're going to have this baby at home. And first I'm going to stop at the birth center. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm not, wait, hold on. You don't have time to stop at the birth center, then get to me because that usually takes about 25 minutes for us to get to the birth center in South Pasadena. And I was just like playing this in my head. And I was like, okay, I'm going to meet you there. and. I just, there was no other choice. Once I said that out loud, I was like, okay, I I let the next surge happened. And I did the biggest Kegel of my life. And I just kept one hand down there and I just started walking. And that's why that like space, the fact that we are given that space in between those surges, that is everything. The fact that I could like walk, I, like Maddie put my robe on. I walked down the stairs by myself. He was like grabbing everything, got myself in the car, would stop, have another surge, and then just laid myself in the back seat. And Maddie got us to South Pasadena in like between 12 and 15 minutes. It was the time of his life, like in a movie where he's like, Come on, cops, try to pull me over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then we got stopped by a train and we had done that. We had done that drive so often because, um, my birthing course was also in, in Pasadena. And so I, like my body just knew those turns and like the, the part of the freeway that did this and that, and even coming to the train stop, I was like, I have never of all the times I've been here had a train stop us. And so it was just part of the excitement And so we got there, like I said, you had, you opened the door, you were ready to go. And no, you helped me just like, I just remember like walking so slowly and deliberately. And it's just like, wow, this is happening. And just all of a sudden that, that whirlwind and that like action of, of my birth just came to this other beautiful halt of stillness and safety and relief and surrender and all of the things. And then just like that, that wild revelation of like, okay, now I have to, now, now it's, it's the end. Now it's getting this child and now meeting my little human. Mm-hmm. And I got him out by the time I arrived, I pushed for about 20 minutes and, and had him in my arms and, Wow. It's just, it's just, wow. That's all that experience is. And I just remember loving that as I had the opportunity, you had the bath ready for me. If I wanted to do that, like the birth center had all of the little tools and, and just like the bed and um, it was just so comfortable and it was so relaxing and it just felt safe mm-hmm. and the lighting was dimmed and and that is the, the most important thing, is just to feel that feeling of safety and and security. And um, and I did. I had that with you. And just my husband was getting all the cameras set up and ready. And because he knew that I wanted it documented. And my sister was supposed to be responsible for that. But she obviously wasn't there yet. She showed up 45 minutes after Rebel was born. Oh. And it was so beautiful. It was just you and your assistant and me and Maddie and um, just no distractions and just full support and honoring of of me and this process and this transformational experience. And uh, we were out of there. I remember ordering food and just you were sewing me up. And me just being in awe and completely flooded with um, oxytocin, (laughs) and I didn't feel a thing after that. It was just like, as soon as that baby is out, it just like nature takes over and completely floods us with love, completely. Like biologically, chemistry, we're flooded with our love hormone that helps us bond, that helps us produce milk, that, that helps us... Um, actually it's, it's the, it's our natural morphine. And so for those women out there who are like, Oh my gosh, like scared of the pain. It's like, no, our bodies, the oxytocin that is causing the contraction is also when, once you go through that, it also tells our body to then increase the the production of oxytocin for that big flood once our baby is out of us. Mm-hmm. And so we are designed so perfectly for this experience. And yes, there are situations where you know, emergent situations and thank, thank goddess, we are living in this time where we have people who are just study those emergent situations mm-hmm. and that are out there just waiting for us. If anything happens, they're there, ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I want women to understand that there are other options. And if that sounds great, then awesome. Go for it. That's your choice. But also be curious and and question the other things as well, Mm -hmm. because you may not realize that you have another journey, Mm -hmm. you know, another Mm -hmm. destined Mm -hmm. birth story. And yeah, I just want, I just want women to just be empowered and feel like they have all of the choices and yeah.
0: Yeah yeah so many of the of the second time third time clients who you know i would see at the birth center are people who did have a little bit of a traumatic birth and they're wanting that or that second experience because they're like well i've done that i know what that's like i don't want that again And and it doesn't have to be that way uh it doesn't have to be this rite of passage in which you're just like getting through your birth it could be something that's a really you know beautiful experience and and um Going back to you know the the design of like the hormones at play once you have the baby and and yeah that sustains you in the early postpartum and um, and even for the partner who who don't actually physically you know birth the baby but there are studies you know of of lab results that show that there are also elevated you know, um, levels of, of, um, oxygen- like endorphins and all those things like that, just from simply yes. holding their baby. in those are first few hours and, um, yes. and that plays into, you know, how you cope with postpartum and, um, what was your, what was your setup and your plan for postpartum with revel as far as support goes for, for the three of you?
1: yeah well, Maddie he ended up getting on a plane the early in the next morning because he had a concert that luckily wasn't till the next day he was just supposed to show up for rehearsal um that day before the day Revel was born so once though Revel came out, I was like, I'm good you, go, go, baby, go sing, go celebrate, mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. announce our child mm-hmm. and uh, my sister was there with me, and so I I had been through every one of her births with her and -hmm. and helped her raise her children. And um, so it was just so beautiful to have her there by my side at that point. And then um, she left and then my other sister came to visit and then she would leave and Maddie was home. So we got some time and then, um, yeah, so I just had some, some really nurturing um, women. And then my dad came and, Oh, gosh, It's just so beautiful, um, just the opportunity that is given to your tribe uh, to be able to serve you and to be able to show up mm-hmm. in moments of need. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, when I need help, oh I know exactly who to go to for the different types of help that I need. Because we all serve each other, we all have different love languages, right? We all serve each other in very beautiful ways, and then some ways it's like, oh, I want to go to that person for that. So, but I, I have this person, you know what I mean? So, so it's also very important to know the kind of energy you want with you in that time and in your room and in your space, and it's sacred, you know. And and that bond that you're able to create with those people that you choose, you intentionally choose to be in that space with you, mm-hmm. um, that is divine. And what a beautiful relationship you're able to um, then, you know, expand. But yeah, so postpartum, and then I, the second time, I, I did, I read a book called um, The First Forty Days, mm-hmm. and that allowed me to elevate the quality of care and intention that I was able to give myself in my second birth um, or postpartum experience. And because the first one, I. You know, I I eat very well, but I wasn't necessarily and, – and Rebel, he had a lot of gas too, and so I basically cut out everything. I was living on chicken and, like, zucchini <laughs> because there's so many things that can cause gas. And you're like, okay, what do I do? And you just go mm-hmm. into this, like, protective mode, you know, as a, as a human and as a mama. And um, so that was really, really um, – just informative and and a spiritual way that I could then go into my postpartum experience, um, and it's so amazing. You know, we are the youngest country, and we are a melting pot of cultures. And you know, my ancestors, the one who did it more along the lines of of how I intuitively want to have this this journey they're all they're all mostly gone and mm-hmm. you know pillared alleged and, and murdered and all of those things but it's a whole other story um, but yeah I just I love going to the the old wise ones you know the the Asian cultures and the Indian cultures and um, to be able to see what they did and how they processed. And, and what they didn't do and how they allowed their people, their tribe to come in and take the baby. And so that you can sleep because Mm -hmm. sleep is imperative Mm -hmm. and to be eating like warm stews, nurturing full of protein and vitamins and um, making sure you're hydrated constantly because when you're breastfeeding, Oh, you're so dehydrated. And, and also having snacks and things that you can eat throughout the night because you wake up hungry Mm -hmm. and, and, also, the first time I had Revel, like, we were on a plane at two months. Like, we were – and then I was creating one of my, um, my my companies. And my nanny was actually my personal assistant because I was with my baby all the time. And so we were just, like, writing and creating. And that's what was so glorious about the energy that came out of me once I had Revel. Mm. Um, and it was just this – he was like, such a catalyst for creative expression. Mm. But this second time, I was a little more intentional, a lot more intentional and deliberate with not doing a damn thing and staying in bed. I remember I got up to walk and it was it was over a week. It was probably like day 10. And I just I was like, oh, I'm just going to go for a walk. But my walk out of my house, I live in the hills. And so I was walking up and down some major hills and I, I had a blood clot that night. And so they were like, okay, you may think that you're not doing a lot, but like, mm-hmm. do less.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm like, huh? Like, okay, challenge. Like, let's do less. And so this time, I was in bed with my daughter. I was, a, I was like, my challenge my husband to like cook more, and to you know, and and to do like the the, the slow cooker meals, and the, yeah, and it just it was wonderful and mm-hmm. bone broth and. Um, I have educated myself tremendously um, on nutrition and just the things that we, our bodies are made to fuel on and, you know, and the the companies in the big business out there that are using us to make, you know, major profits on basically killing us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have transformed the way that I, my relationship with food. And so my experience has been a lot different there. And honestly, I'm, I'm amazed because with Revel, I got my period back, my moon cycle back at three months with Phoenix. It was two and a half months. Um, mm-hmm. I took some, some Chinese herbs that have been given to women, to mama's, um, postpartum for centuries. And there is um, a uh, Chinese herbalist that I have who has access to these herbs. And so I did that um, until I completely stopped bleeding. Mm. And also with just all of the the nutrition that I was talking about, my period came back. I have my entire life had gnarly cramping and Mm. Mm painful periods. I no longer have any pain in my cramps, in my periods. I no longer have debilitating back pain that shoots down to my feet. And that was my whole life. I just thought that was that's just what we go through as women. Wow. And so I have discovered and and also just the the Chinese herbalist, when he was explaining these herbs to me, he was like, if we if we care for ourselves in this moment of, of birthing a human where we're completely like ripped apart and changed and and we are putting ourselves back together. If we do that on many different levels mm. and, and, and with layers of, of quality care and every aspect of your life, like you will be elongating your life and wellness and, you know, giving yourself longevity and that I was like, okay, let's, I want to see how that works. I didn't have any cold foods for a month Mm -hmm. and yeah, I am, I am completely blown away by the, um, just the the benefits and the, the aftermath of all of that.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so much, there's so much to the postpartum culture that we are so deprived of in this country you know of of, yeah and it's there's no coincidence that also our rates of infection and depression and and then deaths be deaths i mean yeah and and how it affects you know our relationship with um you know feeding our babies and then those Mm -hmm. rates of childhood you know infections it's just it's it's wild you know so it's really true like you said turning to like the wise the old um the the tried and true, you know. And if just to kind of yeah, grab from different from different known um uh you know rituals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Time it's a time to kind of make it make it your own, make it your own experience. Cause it's it like, yeah, it sets the tone for for that first year, you know, because it really is six weeks postpartum for the birth, but it's a whole year of 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 transitioning out of building, you know, a baby and the pregnancy and what that, yeah. what that means on your body. And so, um,
1: and also having your team. Yeah. So not only just, yeah, I had like rec- recommend the books and just, yeah, tapping into those cultures, but also having, there are, there are acupuncturists and masseuses, mm-hmm. you know, masseuses, but I have my, mm-hmm. I, I'm so fortunate to be able to have, A masseuse who I've I've known for a few years, but go through that whole experience with me. And then also my yoga instructor, my yoga guru, like he's, Mm
2: -hmm. he
1: went through just the entire pregnancy with me and just like championing me and helping me like, just tap into my intuition and my body and my strength to be able to Mm -hmm. sustain, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's so many different things that you can do that are not only fun, but that will like support you, in living a life of, of quality mm-hmm. and, um, and just that will help you get through these kinds of experiences such mm-hmm. as birth and, and parenting ultimately. Yeah. So there's, there's a, there's a team of people out there with resources and with tools and with services mm-hmm. that are meant to help us get through mm-hmm. and yeah. And to feel supported. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's like, yeah, the stressing the importance of not only assembling your birthing team, but your postpartum yep. as well, you know, which exactly. is so much more impactful than like items on your baby registry is like just asking yeah, for, asking for support. If it's not possible for you, you know, to just like have people contribute to that fund, you know, because yes,
1: huge. Exactly. That, I mean, exactly. Give me that gift. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, um, it was so amazing because after like we, we produce elastin, which is a hormone that allows us to stretch and move and shift. Mm-hmm. And we have that up until about five weeks, like just flooding our body. Mm-hmm. And so my, uh, acupuncturist or not acupuncturist, um, uh, chiropractor, mm-hmm. he specializes in pre and postpartum. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wanted to get get working on me before the elastin starts to leave my body just so he can guide, you know, my body back to alignment and where it should be. And so I just thought that I'm I'm just like fascinated by our bodies and these people who, who work to know and understand and help nurture our bodies, you know, throughout these long lives where we're just sitting too much and we're stressed too much and we're, you know, competitive and working and working out and lifting all these weights and doing all these things. But it's like, oh, also just let your body be and just like nurture it in the small ways, you know?
0: Absolutely. It's, it's so, it's so empowering to learn about the body and to work with people in which that's their norm is physiology It's you know, of uh, the design of something. It's not like only yes. curing ailments or diseases or whatever. It's actually just like supporting the, the yeah how it should be in its optimal state so Mm -hmm. so i want to hear about how you prepared revel for Mm. a sibling and witnessing childbirth in the preparation for phoenix's birth because he um was so much a part of your, of your birthing experience and was so incredible. And I think a lot of, you know, second time, third time parents have some reservations about having their children present for the birth. And, um, what would you say? I mean, yeah. How did you best prepare Revel and how did you include him in your pregnancy and and in the birth itself?
1: Yes. Just lots of conversation um, my, oh gosh, children are brilliant. And sometimes we may think that, oh, they don't understand these words and our language and what's happening, but they they do. And they, especially they understand energy and they understand, um, just the concepts Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, but I did, you suggested some really lovely, uh, birthing at home birthing books and that we got all of them and we added two, and just, Like he was so curious Mm. and just, he sees mama's belly growing. My body is changing right in front of his eyes. And I was very open with him about uh, the miscarriages. Mm. And he's still till this day, he's like, mama, you lost three babies. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I did. And the other day he asked me what their names were. And we of course named them. And um, and so I was ready to tell him like oh okay yeah they, they had these names and he giggled mm. and he he is understanding the concept of loss and death and then now seeing this baby growing and mama getting bigger and ha- not really seeing a baby growing inside mama before but mm-hmm. now oh, mama's definitely has a baby he sees it moving and and then also allowing him to be a part of you and your process when you come. And we talked to him and you let him use all of the the tools and you let him hear the baby. And we had um, a monitor as well. So we would listen to the baby's heartbeat just throughout my mm-hmm. pregnancy. And so it was all these puzzle pieces that we were just putting together. And I would talk to him about um, just if he w- if he wanted to be in the room. Mm-hmm. And we watched his birth and so he got to hear what that sounded like and he got to see him come out of mama and wait hold on mama and he was like yeah we talked about my vagina and that's where babies come out of and how it stretches and and he was just so fascinated but i always made sure to pay attention to his genuine response mm. and let him lead you know, with more curiosity. So I would give him information, but I was never just like blah, 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 just you know talking. Um, I wanted to make sure that he was capable of digesting this information mm-hmm. at his own in his own way. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> gosh, then the day happened, and he was sleeping. And I just remember telling him, "and It's okay if you if you want to be in the room, and then if you want to leave." Mm-hmm. And I had. I had my tribe by like, they all knew who was going to be with Revel at all times. Mm-hmm. They, we, Maddie and I discussed like how we would bring rebel into the room. Um, if all of a sudden I was in there or if he missed it, what would happen? And so we talked about, we set up all of these, these um, expectations, mm-hmm. you know, and these um, perspective experiences of what, th- what could happen. Yeah. And so, I just didn't want anything to be a surprise for him. Just, mm-hmm. you know, just, I, I like to be prepared. And so I, I lead with that. And I think he chose me for a reason to be his mama. So mm-hmm. we, then the day happened and I, all I, it was so interesting. I just expected, I just saw a nighttime, like dark birth, mm. but when the sun started coming up and I'm just like, Oh wow. Okay. This is probably can happen in during the day with the sun up. I'm like, wow, that's magical. And, and so different. And because my early labor was 12 hours and, or no, it's 11 to 11. Yes. And then I pushed for an hour. I didn't push for an hour, but active labor was for an hour. And then, so I, he came into the room, our, our tia brought him into the room And we were in bed. That was part of the time that I rested from about 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. And I was like, it's time, baby. We had this book that was so charming. And it was this this little mama mouse that was pregnant. And the the little baby mouse would always ask, is the baby coming now, mama? And all the mama would say was soon, Mm -hmm. soon. And... And so that's, I would, cause Rebel started to ask a lot, like, when is the baby going to come? Is the baby going to mm-hmm. come today? Mm-hmm. And I remember one time he, I, I like <laughs> my friend's dog got onto the table and ate like all our food was down there. And I was like, cashy boo. I was like, get down. Rebel was upstairs in the room. All of a sudden I hear his little footsteps just running and he comes to the top of the stairs. He's like, mama, is the baby coming yet? And I was like, oh no, my love. No, not yet, baby, not yet. And so I knew like he was getting so excited. Mm -hmm. And so I would start to, I've always given him like a preparation of like when we would go through different transitions, like weaning him from the boob and all of these things. And so I would start giving him like this concept of time, like it could be from now until this time. And so when he came into the room, that moment of being like baby today's the day like phoenix is coming and he was like phoenix is coming and in the video because we hired a darling rebecca who was our videographer and photographer for our whole experience like what a gift to yourself you would be like oh my gosh to be able to hire somebody if you want this documented because she it was as if she wasn't even there Mm. but you also know that like you don't know what's going to happen. And so you know that you'll be able to experience this. So you can just be present, be present in whatever is happening. Mm. And just knowing that like, ah, oh, this is documented. And my son, like his little voice, how he sounded like his age, cause he's already different,
2: mm. you
1: know, from three and a half to now he's four. Like he has developed and changed and says things in a different way. And, um, but when, just giving him that news of, of Phoenix coming that day. And my niece and nephew were there with him and Thea, and he would go and play. And then he would run back upstairs to check on me. And like, I was able to like make breakfast and go for a walk around, around our neighborhood. And I was so confused because it was also so different than my Mm -hmm. first. And I remember calling you and just being like, so, I mean, (laughs) it's, yeah, it's progressing, I think. But when Mm -hmm. I laid down, then they like start to, to slow down. And so I wanted to just stay up on my feet. And, but I got my whole environment ready. And I I was so in control Mm -hmm. and like Matt, like everybody knew their task at hand. And I knew that I wanted to make my meal that I was going to have after. And so when I first started like contracting like I started that slow cooker and mm-hmm. and it was just yeah it was awesome. But Revel using the language um that we use with him and just being able to see the reflection of our parenting also through that experience because wow was he able to really see mama in one of the most empowering moments of my life to know, witness and understand the power of women, the extraordinary sensational experience of birth and birthing a human, what it looks like, the, the changes, how long it takes. Mm-hmm. Like he's still till this day. He's like, "Mama, I'm so glad Phoenix is finally here. Mm-hmm. Like that took a long time, but also like we have her, we didn't lose her. We have her. I'm yeah. so happy she's here. Mm-hmm. And there has not been a single moment of of him feeling neglected or him acting out in any way like we didn't know and we were leaving room and space for that like we let him know if you there might be some times where you don't like phoenix or you are upset and jealous that mama has to hold and feed phoenix like he's like mama i think phoenix needs some booba like and he's like thea give phoenix to mama now please Like she wants mama, like he's so protective Mm -hmm. and just like, she's just divine to him. And I hear her calling him. Hello. My goddess. Hello, my queen. And just the way he nurtures her and he holds her with such reverence and love and admiration and, and me and to hear his voice forever in my mind saying, you got this, mama. So it wasn't even me anymore saying that. It was my human, my child, my son who was like, you got this, mama. And I, I just remember in that experience, like when it just the moment you got here, I just remember calling you and saying, yeah, they're progressing. I think you should come. You got here at 11. My contraction started at 11 p.m. At 11 a.m. you got here. And that's when my body said it's on. And I remember telling you, I was like, oh, this is familiar. And hearing the voices that were now, co- the sounds coming out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, here, hello. Hello again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel you. I know you. and I understand you now. And so I was like, okay, it's happening. I felt that, that dissension. And you just, you picked me up off the bed, carried me in your arms, like Superwoman. No, you didn't. You just helped me walk to the pool. <laughs> and, and I just remember as soon as I got in there, the next one, my body, you were like, you, you said, you know, to, to start pushing. And I just remember doing that. And I was like, oh my gosh, wait, hold on this feels right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I get it. It was something that just clicked. And I was like, Oh, I get it. And there was none of that fear. There was none of that, um, that like holding and trying to protect myself. It was just like, just go lean in. And so the whole experience was so different and so, Oh my gosh, equally as profound And but just so different. Mm. Um, But Revel, I remember there was one moment because he was he's this three and a half year old that's going through this experience. And me in this zone, like I also left space for that. If I couldn't handle Revel in there, I was going to say the word and somebody would get him out. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment when my water broke. And my whole body seized, mm. and I just remember, like I, I, I told you, I was. You said to relax, and I was like, I'm trying really hard to relax my body, and it's not listening. Mm. And to be so, like then I had like inside, I was like trying to just like, whew, like nurture and calm my body, like as much as I could, and that was such a force. Like both of my sacks broke very late mm-hmm. in my, in my pushing experience, which was, I'm so grateful because once that breaks, whoo! like that's like bone on bone mm-hmm. ready. <laughs> um, so I remember revel that the sounds that I made, I, I think I said, Oh shit. <laughs> and my body sees, I remember seeing him and he covered his ears with his hands and we were uh, right in front of our um, our French doors that lead to our balcony and our master bedroom, our premier bedroom. And, and he ran outside. Mm. And I just remember clocking it. But he, I, I was pretty sure he was by himself. But I was so in my zone and in my being that I just was watching. like It was an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. That I saw him, but I was con- like completely not in my body at that moment. That was like, seized up and then I saw him come back in and he said I miss you mama Mm. and I responded in this moment where I'm like completely in the like another realm Mm -hmm. of being and I said I miss you too baby because he does he says that a lot he's like I miss you mama I
2: miss
1: you too And he told me that. And then he was like, you got this. And I was like, damn right I do, baby. Like, oh my gosh. And then he was right there when I pushed her out. And you know what he did? The same photo that I had sitting up when I was in the bathtub with him, laboring him. He grabbed, that was to my side, just right by my fireplace. And he grabbed the photo on his own of my mom and me when Mm. I was a baby. And he held it up. He held it up as if like Nana told him like, like I'm here and he grabbed it and he wanted me to see that she was here too. And he was actually showing her like what was happening and, and this baby coming out of me, his sister, our girl, which I didn't even know what the gender was. And so this is like, okay, I pushed this other human out. It's, I remember seeing, like, I remember having my eyes closed and I had my head up And that was just such a, an instinct because I did not want to know right away what this gender was. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be a layered effect Mm -hmm. of like it all happening. And once I got this baby on my body, I opened my eyes and I was like, you're here. And I was just bawling. I was bawling because of the journey that I've experienced Mm -hmm. and like, wow, I have you. And what a miracle. It is to be able to get pregnant, to be able to stay pregnant, to be able to get through this journey on our own and in, in my home and it be like just this magical experience. And so that was the first realization and experience of me like settling into this. Okay, like I have you like, wow. And then it was just like looking at this baby and I'm crying. Revel's like nurturing me and grabbing my face and like kissing me and he was so excited he's like the baby is here and just announcing it with pure joy and just oh my gosh and then I start to look I'm like looking at all the, the 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 skin and just the coloring and the fingers and then I look up and I'm like what are you and then I see a vagina and I lose it I like couldn't breathe. I was like, ooh, ooh. and I have been so specific with the universe, with God, with myself, with my angels about why I want to raise a little girl. And, and the fact that the universe and God said like, okay, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that makes sense. You deserve this. This is what you're going to have because I surrendered. I was like, Okay. At one point I was like, yep, it's a boy. I just had this moment of like, Mm. okay, and I'm okay with that. And I'm going to mourn and cry because, oh God, I really like, I feel you, my girl. Like I felt her, I had this relationship with her already. Mm. And, and this connection with my mom in raising a little girl, my mom is gone. And so to be able, and my mom and I were pregnant at the same time, my sister's birthday, who I'm extremely close with. She was born on the 20th of June and Phoenix was born on the 28th. So to be able to like align with my mom being pregnant with her girl, her first baby, her first girl, you know, and to be able to connect with her in that it's just all so powerful and so out of this world. And I'm just, it it leaves me on my knees with gratitude Um, and just being able to allow revel to experience the magic of life and um, the respect and love of women and, and parenting and what it is to um, be able to already support a very strong and powerful woman and to hold her. And like, that's, that's setting him up for, for quite a life. And I'm just so proud and honored to be able to be his mom and, Be this mama of Phoenix Monroe. She is divine. And yeah, it's all just wow.
0: Mm, It's so, so incredible. And, And it can be such a gift to them to have them witness their own mother's strength and their own mother's power. And also really feel like it's, like you said, like I'm not having feelings of jealousy, but really it's their baby as well, you know, and, and, and to also hold what it means to hold space. I mean, that's something that's like a term that a lot of, a lot of adults are like kind of coming to understand now, you know, of like you can bear witness to something. You don't have to do anything. You just are there, you know, and he, he, and that is enough and that's enough, you know, and he, I remember that so clearly him saying, I miss you. And it's like, kids are so, you know, tapped in, in a way that's just so surreal and magical and, you know, and, and and sometimes looking at someone going through birth, going through labor can, can bring a lot of fear in themselves, you know, of just like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, is she okay? Like she's vomiting, she's shaking, she's bleeding, she's pooping and all that's normal. All that's, it's part of the transformation. It's part of the metamorphosis. And, and it's like, that didn't, really phase him it was more just what phased him was that he could see you <sighs> departing and 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 mm. the part of him that that he knew the part of you that he <laughs> knew and him just acknowledging that like like saying like bye bye you know and and like i miss you i miss you and I'm knowing here. that you're going to come back you know like yeah he your he was kind of calling you back to this world, you know, and you go to that yep. other world to have your baby. And, and, um, it was so, it was so beautiful. It was just like, ugh, you know, like he yeah. got, it, he got it, he got it right away. And it was just, yeah, he was your little doula, you know, it was so, yes. so sweet. I remember having that conversation
1: with you, um, just short, like in our, in our first week, Um, but just kind of going over the whole experience and, and him and just how he blew both of us away and, um, just, gosh, he held me, he grounded me in ways that I didn't have in the first experience. Mm. Like I was just even looking back at my film, like I, he had me smiling. I was, and and just whenever I was leaving my body, I would hear his voice and I would just, like, I would feel him and just was over, like, I was just overwhelmed with love mm. and and also um, just grounded to this realm and this body to be able to be present in in what is actually happening around me and the people touching me. And, like, you also see in my film, like, where I said with Revel, it was just me and Maddie and you, And with this one, I had my niece and my nephew with Revel and with with Dia. And then I had my sister on my right side, holding my right hand. I had Maddie on my left hand. And just when I had this baby, I'm crying. And I'm just like in awe and I'm overwhelmed with emotion. And I just knew when Rebecca asked, she asked a few questions, she was like, what are you looking forward to? And I was like, just crying.
2: Mm.
1: I just knew that I was going to be just overcome and taken away in emotion because of like, just, it's this, this climax that happens of all this preparation, all of this unknown and all of, you know, from the lost. And now you have your child in your arms. And I was, I just was whisked away by all of that those human emotions yeah, and seeing in the film, just like hands of love and care on my face and someone holding my hand and someone just like with their hand on my chest and rebel touching the baby and his face. And I'm just like, what a, a room, like this, this house, this room was just like, it was an explosion of, of existence and life and divinity and and like what it is all about Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and that to be able to be witness to that to acknowledge it to be able to be aware and conscious of it in a way that I can just be in awe with with gratitude and just like absolute appreciation Mm -hmm. and to be able to um then reflect that onto my children so that they know what that looks like. They know what it feels like. And they walk into this world so grounded in, in love and respect and a knowing of, of everything else that, that means more Mm -hmm. to them, Mm -hmm. you know, just Mm -hmm. with the quality of, of core values that will serve them in this world for their entire lives. And that starts now. And that's what I'm just like, oh, I'm so, I'm so grateful for. And I just, I want, I want other people to just be able to simplify in ways like this that will just support them in every
0: aspect of their lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Intentional living, you know? Yeah. And it is simplifying a lot of the times, you know, it's like, oh, you don't need a lot actually. And, 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 um, and except, you know, just, yeah, being intentional about what you do want. And it actually kind of naturally strips away a lot of other things. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's such a, such a gift. And Mm. I'm so happy that, you know, in, it probably wasn't expected that, that, you know, especially after a first beautiful birthing experience that the second birthing experience of a, of a full-term baby would be probably so healing as it, as it was, you know, there wasn't anything to be healed from the first, but there was, there was loss in between with your, with your own children and your family. And, and, and to have that be the grounds in which, things are not cleared through your body, but just sort of, mm, present, mm, you know, is, is like, wow, it's just so amazing. And, um, and it really felt like, yeah, that was, it was like a kind of closing of like a full circle mm. sort of thing of like your mom, the same picture that you looked at and revel picked it up and, right. and, and you got your girl finally. And, and, you know, and, and also just like, you know, as, as the the chaos of the first time of, of not pushing, but that you could just be there and and finally work with your body and not against it. It's just like, it, it was so, um, yeah, it was really very emotional and very beautiful Mm. witness. And I, I wanted to ask, what was it like viewing the pictures and the videos later and how did it impact your own internal memory of it?
1: Well, what's amazing is that because Revel grounded me Mm -hmm. so much, I, I remember, and even with his, I feel like I'm, I'm processing as I'm going and I'm, I love telling the story and especially with you and I, as soon as I had her and I was eating, like we, we already did a recap Mm -hmm. of just like some, a few things. And so it's telling the stories and just kind of reiterating and like, just kind of making a, that impression yeah. right away. And along the way, I think that was something that was beautiful doing with my family and um, just talking about just like, it's like watching a, a, a show, you know what I mean? Um, and so when, and she had taken, this was the longest video. It's it's a 30 minute video. Wow! And we did a, I think my Phoenix was three weeks when we did like a little shoot, but then Maddie was sick and I was just like not working. And so we ended up scheduling another one. And so there was like the, when I was pregnant, we did a little interview. And so it was just, it was so emotional because you get to see the whole journey Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. in a 30 minute video. And I was completely hysterical. Um, and just so grateful. Like, this, this video is priceless.
2: Mm.
1: Like, the videos that I watched with Revel, you know, just to prepare him and and show him. Like, I keep pictures out in his room of him at the same age as Phoenix. And as she grows, I want to put pictures of him so he sees. Like, wait, I was, I was that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, and that's Phoenix. And so it did kind of, like, align in that perspective. And it's just... I'm just so grateful that, and that's why I want to document like my photos and videos are everything to me. And I do have a few of my mom and my brothers. Mm. Um, and what's also just that, that closure and what you said, um, that processing and clearing. So my, my, my third miscarriage, my brother actually he died and he committed suicide around in the exact same three weeks. It took him three weeks to die. It took the baby three weeks for to come out of me Wow! and it was such a process. And so dealing with all of that and then completely like having to, I call my brothers and my mom, my trifecta. And when my, my brother died, like they all dealt heavily with mental illness and through the trauma that we've suffered and, me, I was, you know, taken away and I got to experience another life. Um, they, they succumbed to, to the illness, you know, and to drugs and to um, just, they, they made their decision though and in, in a pure clear head and mind. And um, the fact that that, that came with my, my brother and my, my third baby, the three and the three. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I got pregnant, this was Phoenix, wow. you know, so to be able to have that um, opportunity to really connect that those two spiritual worlds of my children, and loving them like I do my children and losing them, but then and then losing the three babies, mm. and then ultimately getting my, my second and my last like how the world and and the the realms of death and life are connected and they are, they are one, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. we are united Mm -hmm. and we're just on this cycle of them both. And so that's something that is so crucial to me and and Maddie is just to, to prepare our children for the inevitable. Mm. And that is, that is death. That's loss you know, and, and to love hard to live and to thrive because one day we're not going to be here, you know, and Mm -hmm. to, to be able to have them prepared for that, I think is, is our duty. Um, because when I lost my mom, Oh, wow. That was confusing. And that was nasty. And that was, that rocked me. And I'm just like, okay, I want to, to help, not only my children and my, my husband Mm -hmm. and my loved ones, but the world, Mm -hmm. like that becomes my mission Mm and helping people prepare because we don't do a good job. That's not taught to us. And that's something that needs to be in a conversation Mm -hmm. with our children Mm -hmm. um, and with each other and just reflected within your own mind. Because like when my, when I lost my mom and my brothers, like nothing was prepared. It's very expensive to lay someone to rest. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that just becomes a part of it. And, and with losing children, with losing a you know, pregnancy at any age at any stage, like it's, that's a whole other club that we women, you know, become a part of that. We can just hold each other and see each other and feel and love one another through. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, or even if I answered your question.
0: But yeah, I yeah, did, and it's 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 truly just like the mysteries of those two bookend experiences of life of of death and birth that aren't they're so sacred, and yet it's yet it's the most hush hush conversation in this culture, you know, and it's yeah. it's it's um it's something to be feared, fair, and it's not fair, and it's not fair to the person who's you know coming in and departing, it's not fair for the people who are around. And so, you know, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're just doing such an amazing job at at demonstrating that, you know, both can be both can be, you know, hard and beautiful and as long as there's discussion and and, and communication yeah. and, and options and
1: we have no choice. Like it's, it's all going to happen. It's what we do with this life. Right. We have, we have, we have choices that don't include death. We, we are here living. And so this is something my brothers, they tried really hard with doing, you know, but when we, when we start to abuse substances, like that becomes a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. But then also it's like, you can make this an adventure. So we started um, a a shared album, like a photo shared album where, we're able to document ourselves with like a thought Mm -hmm. or a question or just an idea that we have or a moment that we want to share. And we're recording the children and cute things that they're saying or doing at any given time. And we're putting them all into this, this album and it says for revel in Phoenix.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: so one day we're just, they're just going to be able to go in and watch this movie of their lives. Mm -hmm. Or we have this technology where we're kind of escaping and we're losing ourselves and we're, we're actually detaching from the world Mm -hmm. and connection to, to other humans, um, which is something that we need. It's imperative to our survival. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where I'm just like, okay, we can utilize this technology where we can have conversations across the world, not in the same room, but still be connecting and being curious and being adventurous in our, in our minds and our thoughts and these things that we Identify with and attach to, and then surrender and learn from. And so, I just, I, oh gosh, a gift that people can do for themselves and all of those that they leave behind, especially their children, is to just start leaving little trails of information mm-hmm. about who you are and how you want to be remembered and just them. Like, what would you give to be able to, what I would give to be able to hear my mom saying, like leaving me a message mm-hmm. or just how she talks to me or like just, Oh, me and Phoenix, we have, or in revel, we have our mornings are mm-hmm. sacred. Mm-hmm. And we, we always read a book and we all, and I just sit there and stare at Phoenix on my legs and I talk to her and Theo will come in and start recording it. And I'm just like, yes. Oh, just capturing those sacred little moments. And, and then you put the phone down mm-hmm. and actually be present mm-hmm. and live in them, mm-hmm. you know? and, that is something that I want my children to do. And that's something that I want them to have because when one day and who knows when that's going to be, hopefully I want to live to make three digits. I want to be a hundred at least Maddie's got to be 105 (laughs) and then we're going to be like, peace out. And then leave this, like this movie, this grand Morrison adventure that they get to have. And then I want to do like a little um, thing where they, they have a, like a, a, a hunt what is that called? Like a little scavenger hunt Mm -hmm. where they go to one destination and we leave another question. Mm -hmm. So our business manager or my sister or somebody is going to be responsible for like Mm -hmm. activating the scavenger hunt Mm -hmm. that's going to lead them to where they're going to scatter our ashes. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, being able to create something so sacred in the moment that they no longer have me, but something that will be so charming and just like, fueled with intention and love and i'm just like oh and it's crazy because i just like can't imagine and rebel's like mama you can't die and i'm like "I oh, no i don't i that's why i want to take care of myself so i can live a long life yeah <laughs> and yeah so but we're already having these conversations and my <sighs> rebel is just he blows me away mm. and so i'm like do not underestimate These children, we need to save them. We need to nurture them. We need to love them. They're all our children and we need to get them out of poverty. We need, like, we've got some work to do. And so it all starts with ourselves. And that, that's something that I just really appreciate you doing this, this podcast. I know as a mama of almost two and you were 11 weeks and you didn't tell me (laughs) you were 11 weeks pregnant in the room. And like the fact that I... I was like, no, she doesn't need to be here right now. And uh, the fact that you were there to just for an hour and then after, and I got to feed you my food that I made. And then you told me, I was like, oh my gosh, what a sacred moment. Mm -hmm. You were helping me birth my second child while you were pregnant yourself with your second. And just what a gift. And I just appreciate you. I love you. I'm like, you are a gift to all mamas that like that get to work with you and you were such an integral part of my experiences in the most amazing magical time of my life and I'm like wow there's just that's incredible it's mm. incredible so thank you mm. and to be able to share like to spend your time and efforts like getting our stories out and connecting us through our stories and through our trials and our errors and through our, our raw vulnerable experiences of of birthing and mothering. And so I just really respect what you're doing with Mm -hmm. this, this podcast. And yeah, I love you. Um,
0: (laughs) Renee. So I love you as well. And I, I am so honored to have you and it's just like, ah, the most beautiful episode and so inspiring and so appropriate to like, you know, and, you know, that last little chunk with speaking about death personally with you, it's like there, that's so much a part of your, of who you are. And people wouldn't know it because you are this bright, shining, beautiful being of life that they wouldn't think there's also so much shadow there as well. Mm. Mm. You're able to incorporate both. And, and so I, I really, um, really value just you speaking from the heart and speaking so honestly and because it's it's something that a lot of, you know, it's hard for a lot of people and and it yet it's so healing to hear other people's experiences and and yeah. people are vulnerable and so I really I appreciate you telling your story. Thank you.
1: That shadow, those ashes that that allows us to soar as the phoenix, mm. you know, and that's where my daughter's name comes from, the phoenix because after me shattering after going through all of this loss. And then like, you know, that trifecta, I, I got to piece myself back together so intentionally. And, you know, my my spirit animals, the phoenix. Mm-hmm. And my daughter is coming with all of that, all of that into this world and her timing. And that's why I just knew with each, each loss, I was like, ah, that just, that is rooting and expanding my faith and my relationship. And so that's, that's a part of the practice of being able to take that darkness, take that grief and that pain and say, Whew, okay, there's going to be, there's going to be another, another side to this. And then when you get there, you're like, wow. And awe, and yeah, and that's life. Just that cycle of, of moving through and moving with and dancing and, and surfing and, you know, riding those waves. Mm -hmm. Like, but this is two hours long. <laughs> I could go another hour, but I'm sure you I know. are like, I could talk to you. All take today. it and digest, <laughs> take it and integrate mamas. <laughs> and know that I love you. Thank you oh.
0: so, so much. This is truly a gift to everyone. So thank you.
1: Mm, thank you, mama. I can't wait to hold you and hug you again. I just, I want to make that um, a, a, something in our near future. I love that. and meet this little angel inside your your tummy <laughs> inside your body right now like what is it that we're really doing <gasps> we're creating humans this is crazy. it's crazy
0: all right <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Milk Trails. I'm your host and midwife Haley Oaks. Be sure to visit midwifemilktrails.tumblr.com to access the show's notes, view photographs, or leave your comments. Stay tuned about new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and tell all your pregnant friends about it. We'll catch you next time.